Welcome to Sealing God's People with your host, Dennis Beard. We're talking about the last days that, as Paul stated, that God would send strong delusion. And what is a strong delusion? Of people following the signs rather than the signs following them. These signs shall follow them that believe in my name, Mark 16. Speak with new tongues, drink a dead thing and won't hurt them. Lay hands on the sick shall recover. All this are signs that follow the believer. However, the people following the signs, an evil and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign. It says in the word of God that God's judgments are a sign and God's ways, all his ways are judgment to reveal his name, who he is, and the very essence that he is God and God alone. There's no other God beside him. He says, I know not any. So as we take a look, in 2 Thessalonians, the second chapter, Paul talks about these signs that will be, if it were possible, would deceive the very elect. Signs, miracles, and lying wonders. Now we know that God confirms his word with signs following. Those signs we do not follow, they follow the Lord. That's working in the Lord Jesus Christ he works these miracles by faith. And that, that the word of God and our faith is held not in enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration and power of the Holy Ghost. In the last days, we will do greater works than these, Jesus said, shall you do, because I go to my Father. Well, there's no greater works than Jesus did, and he raised the dead. But he's talking about more in number as the body of Christ is sent to all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then the end will come. It was not Moses doing the judgment miracles that he did. We find in 1 Peter 1, verse 10 and 11, that all the Old Testament prophets Search diligently into the grace that should come unto us, searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ that was in them. Christ is that Spirit. All that Moses did was through Christ, not of his own power, but the power of God. And the rod that he gave him, and that rod of the stem of Jesse, spoke of Christ. And as he spoke, before Pharaoh, he said about this time tomorrow. Now sufficient until tomorrow is the evil thereof. But the prophets are like the foxes in the desert, for they have not gnawed the bone till the morrow, not marrow, morrow. That's the judgments of God. And every judgment that God did before Pharaoh Moses would say, about this time, the morrow, on the morrow. And then when Pharaoh would call Moses back in, then he would say, take this, uh, the blood from the river, take the lice, uh, the swarms of flies, the moraine of beasts, whatever the case. And uh, Moses would say, about this time, tomorrow, it'll be taken away. Everything that God does on the morrow is warning. For we take no thought for tomorrow. 
far sufficient to the morrow is the evil thereof, the trouble, the tribulation. And these are signs for the people of God in the last days that will know the Lord their God, and they will not be turned away by seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. They will be sealed with the Lord our righteousness, the holiness of God. Jehovah Tendiskinu. Grace reigns through righteousness. And we know that grace is unmerited favor. That's true. But it's far more than that. We find that in Galatians, Paul says to the church at Galatia, this grace that I've received is not from the Lord Jesus Christ, but of the Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, grace is, in essence, the knowledge of Jesus in his essence and his person and work, knowing who he is. So we grow in grace, not just unmerited favor, but we grow in grace by obedience unto righteousness. And the grace be multiplied to us through this obedience. We add to our faith virtue, virtue, knowledge, knowledge, temperance, temperance, patience, patience, godliness, godly, brotherly kindness, and then adding to brotherly kindness, charity, which is a bond of perfectness to come to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Charity will cover a multitude of sins. It's not love, but it's a love for God based in doing his will. In the last days, Paul said that your faith groweth exceedingly. 2 Thessalonians 1. And the charity of every one of you aboundeth one toward another. We're bound to thank God for you, brethren, and all your persecution and tribulation that you endure, which is a manifest token of the righteous judgment of God. If you suffer with him, you'll reign with him. You're not only called to believe on Jesus, but also to suffer with him. Why? That we might be worthy of the kingdom of God, for which we also suffer. Seeing that is a righteous thing with God to render tribulation or trouble to them that have tribulation or troubled you. Then he goes on, because they thought the Lord's return in the first letter of Paul to the church at Thessalonica, that the Lord was coming any minute, an imminent return. So Paul had to say in the second letter, we don't want you to be shaken in mind. Our by letters from us is that the day of Christ is at hand and are gathering together to him, the rapture. He states that in 2 Thessalonians and the second chapter. And he goes on and says that day won't come until there comes a falling away first. The Spirit speaketh expressly, 1 Timothy 4.1, that some shall depart from the faith, given heed to these seducing spirits, doctrines of devils, having the conscience here where the heart are. We're focusing on these seducing spirits, doctrines of devils. These seducing spirits will be seductive as we see in 2 Thessalonians, the second chapter, through signs, miracles, and lying wonders that they will have power to do. But it will be seducing, seductive, that if it were possible, the very elect would be deceived. And at that point, Paul warns us, because anyone that has pleasure 
in unrighteousness will be damned. Now, that's a very stout statement to make. It's critical for our salvation. We need to give heed to that, admonishing that we don't want and do not want to be taken away in unrighteousness. Grace reigns through righteousness. We see that in Romans 5. And that grace, as we mentioned, is not only an unmerited favor of God to us, true, but it's more than that because grace reigns through righteousness. It's the work and power that he did. The God life or godliness is a great mystery. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness, the God life. Not for anything we've done, but what he did. God was manifest in the flesh, not the son of God. That is a false doctrine. God was manifest in the flesh. There's only one God. He says, there's none beside me. I know not any. I am the Lord God, thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, not a Holy Trinity. But yet when we read the New Testament, we see the Son praying to the Father and assume that he is a second person of the Godhead. Because if he is a Father, why is he praying to the Father? And that's where the revelation of Jesus comes in. The grace given to Paul was at the revelation of Jesus that he received of Jesus Christ. The revelation of, not revelation from Jesus Christ. The revelation of Jesus Christ. So the greater depth that we get in the revelation of Christ, digging deep, that wise man, that Jesus said, I'll reckon him to be a wise man that dig deep and founded a rock. That rock is Christ. And he built his house upon the rock. So when the floods came, the wind blew, and the water beat against that house, it stood, because it was founded on the rock. And we find in Deuteronomy 32 that many think they have the rock, but is a little R-O-C-K, not a capital R-O-C-K, And that reason being that they do not give the rock Christ that he is God. That he is every office of the spirit. So if there's a need in the churches of the Lord Jesus Christ, it is that we would have the foundation established in the church, which is the doctrine of Christ. First and foremost, Christ is that Spirit. Well, there are many different titles to the Spirit. He is Elohim. That's the plural of Eloah. It's the plural of uh, the majesty and all the attributes of God. Not persons, attributes. God is holy. It's an attribute. God is love. That's another attribute. God is power. Another attribute. God is almighty. Another attribute. He is omnipresent. Another attribute. He is peace. Another attribute. And the Jehovah titles are titles of these attributes. Everyone has heard Shalom. Jehovah Shalom, the Lord our peace. Then Jehovah Rapha or Jehovah Rophika, the Lord that heals thee. Jehovah Jireh. Some call it Yeshua Yira. 
the Lord that will provide, the Lord that provides for you. Jehovah Tendishkinu, the Lord our righteousness. And on and Jehovah Shammah, the Lord is there. All of the Jehovah titles are titles of his attributes. But it's not the revealed name of God. The revealed name of God will not come until he takes on a permanent dwelling, a permanent manifestation, a permanent tabernacle, just like if a person rented a house. He would not sketch his name and engrave his name in the concrete above the uh, door, the front door of the house. Neither would he chisel his name in the door going to the house because it's not his. It's rented. He's moving through. He's temporarily there, but he's going to move through. But the time that he takes a permanent dwelling, a permanent abode, never to move again, then the man will place his name there. The Lord did the same. We had many manifestations of Jesus in the Old Testament. We see him in the burning bush of Moses. We see the angel that wrestled with Jacob, changed his name to Israel. We see many different times that Abraham with the three angels came and one stood back and he called him Lord. Before Abraham was, I am. Abraham rejoiced to see my day and he saw it. Well, these were manifestations, but it was not a permanent abode. God was not going to stay in the burning bush forever. The angel that Jacob wrestled with, we see in Genesis 48, is the redeeming angel, the angel that redeemed him, which is Jesus Christ. The angel, no angel redeemed anyone. We know it's Jesus. However, it wasn't a permanent abode. He didn't take on him the nature of angels. He did not stay in a burning bush. If he had, we'd be still going to the burning bush and bowing down before it because that would be the manifestation of God. That would be his manifested glory in that bush. No, he took on him the seed of Abraham, the permanent abode, and the fullness of the Godhead dwelleth, houses permanently in him. That's the reason Jesus said in John 14, said, uh, there, I go to prepare a place for you, and where I am, there you may be also, the way you know, uh, and the truth you know, and the way you know. Now Thomas said unto him, Lord, we know not whether thou goest, how can we know the way? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He is the way, he is the spirit of truth, he is that life, that spirit, that giveth life. No man cometh of the Father but by me. Now, that's a pretty stout statement. Well, from henceforth you both know him and have seen him, John 14. Well, that kind of uh, uh, hair-lipped, flabbergasted Philip, he didn't understand it. And he said, Lord, so show us the Father. And that suffices us. That's, that'll be sufficient. Just show us the Father. Calling him Lord, Master. Jesus said, Have I been so long time with you? And yet hast thou not known me, Philip? 
Now, Philip didn't say, wait a minute, Lord. We know you're the son of God, but you're not the father. No, he didn't say that because Jesus is stating there that he is the father. As how I've been with you, Philip, and hast thou not known me? Believe me that I'm in my father, my father in me, or else believe me for the work's sake. Jesus said, of my own self, I could do nothing. What's the works? He healed the sick. He cleansed the rep- leper. He raised the dead, cast out devils, opened blind eyes, loosed the dumb tongue, lame walk, captive went free. Blessed is he, whomsoever is not offended in me, Jesus said. Then he said, the words that I speak, I want you to know they're not mine, but the Father that you're asking about. The Father who dwelleth in me, houses permanently in me. He's the one doing the works. That shows you the manifestation God manifests in the flesh. Jesus is that God, the Father of glory, manifest in flesh justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preaching to the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up into glory. Who? God, who was manifest in the flesh. 1 Timothy 3.16. So Paul's warning that if you get away from this foundation, the Jesus-only foundation, that he is the blessed and only potentate, omnipotent, the Almighty. 1 Timothy 6.15, that he is the omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent God who only hath immortality, dwelling in the light. God is light, which no man can approach unto, nor see, nor can see. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, all the way to Malachi, all the apostles, Peter, James, and John all the way, even through Paul, cannot enter into that light. Jesus did. No other man could. Why? Because he is God manifest in the flesh. He is the only begotten God, the only begotten Son, the only begotten one. That's a revelation. In John 1.18, no man has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him. He's revealed him. He's unveiled him. The only begotten Son, Monogonesio. But some of the versions, and they're having some discrepancy and uh, some commentary debating over whether it should be Monogonesios, the only begotten God are the only begotten one, the Yaqid, only used ten times in the Word of God, the Yaqid, the so unique, solitary, unique one, well, which shall never be another. Just as Isaiah 43.10 tells us, Thus saith the Lord, Jehovah God Almighty, the Spirit, and my servant whom I have chosen. Sounds like two. But God said no, that I want you to believe me and understand that I am he. I am that servant. He is that man. God is that man. 
the Son of God is the Father revealed. He states that very plainly. He said, before me, there was no God formed, neither shall be after me. He's the only one. That's the Yaquid. So unique, solitary one, and there will never be another. Not one before him, not one after him. Now, we'll be adopted sons and daughters, but he is God. We'll be sons and daughters of God. Many will jump track in the last days and saying that they're Christ and shall deceive many. We have Christ in us, but we're not Christ. Christ liveth in us, but we're not Christ. The life we now live, we live by the faith of the Son of God, who is Christ in us. God has sent forth the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, whereby we cry, Abba, Father, because the Spirit of the Son, the Spirit of the Father, is the one Spirit, not two, not three, just one. And there's only one person. Jesus is the expressed image, the brightness of His glory, and the express image of His person. Singular. There's only one person of God. When you look at Jesus, you're seeing him, the father of glory. He said, I know not any. There's none beside me. I know not any other God. Because we've left that foundation, God himself in the last days will send strong delusion. Let the righteous be righteous still. Let the wicked be wicked still. Why? Because it's going to separate the righteous from the wicked, the holy from the profane, those that serve God versus those that do not serve God. And it'll be revealed in the last days, the wicked being convinced of all their ungodly deeds, which they've ungodly committed. They will be convinced. For we are warned of Paul. In there to the letter at Thessalonica, that second letter, notice that he says, this day won't come now, the coming of the Lord, now gathering together the rapture until there comes a falling away first. Some will depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits. We're talking about these seducing spirits, doctrines of devils. There's a way that seemeth right to a man that there is a trinity that there's a God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. It's just not true. There's God the Father, the Son of God, which is the Father revealed, the express image of his singular person, and the Holy Ghost is that Most High, which is Jesus Christ. In the days of his flesh, he laid aside his glory, made himself of no reputation to be our kinsman and redeemer. Made him under the law. While he's under the law, he's showing us the way, the truth, and the life in his own human, his own body of flesh and blood. Then, after he is tempted in all points of that law, yet without sin, then he lays down his life as a free will sacrifice, a free will offering. And he takes the ordinances of, the ordinances of that law, nails it to his cross thereby breaking down the middle wall of partition, that even though Jesus is that Father, He is that Spirit, He is Jehovah. 
And he is in that body of flesh and blood. God revealed Emmanuel, God with us. But the law is still there. And that's where the key is. Because until that law is fulfilled, even though God is manifest in the flesh, that law has to be fulfilled. And it's a wall of partition, even in God manifest in the flesh, the Son of God. So what's the revelation there? 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 19. God was in Christ. Well, Christ is God. 1 Peter 1, verse 10 and 11. The Old Testament prophets prophesied by the Spirit of Christ that was in them. Christ is that Spirit. When it testified before him, the sufferings of Christ. Christ is that man. Not Christ Jr. Christ is Christ. Christ is God, and he's manifest in flesh. God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself. There, God worked salvation in and of himself alone. He became that man, Isaiah 59, 16. He had to have a man because a man lost it. Only a man could redeem us back, Romans 5. He is that man that he made himself a body of flesh and blood, Isaiah 4310. Isaiah 63 5. He looked for a man. He had to have one. He was amazed he could find none. Therefore, his own arm brought salvation to himself. God said, My own arm brought salvation to me. God said. And he did it, manifest in the flesh. After he does it, and he has fulfilled that love in his own human his own body of flesh and blood, rational soul and a human spirit. Then he takes that ordinances of that law and nails it to his cross. Breaks down the middle wall of partition. The thing that parted his spirit from his own body. Thereby making one new man. Thereby making peace. That Jesus Christ, whom you crucified, God has made him both Lord and Christ. Lord Jehovah God Almighty, Christ the Holy Ghost, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Colossians 1.27, there's the mystery of godliness. Christ. We have now the delusion that Paul said, watch for it. Don't be deceived with the seducing spirits. Not just one. Seducing spirits, doctrines of devils. That they will be working signs, miracles, and lying wonders. John sees the Trinity in the last days. He sees it in Revelation 16, 13. And it was shocking. John says, I saw three unclean spirits like frogs. Notice that whenever the magicians, they were doing the same miracles that Moses did before Pharaoh. He had a rod, and God told Moses, go to Pharaoh, tell him, let my people go. And Moses took Aaron, and as they went into Egypt, the first thing he did before Pharaoh, let my people go, and he's going to use signs of judgment that will destroy the gods of Egypt. In the last days, he'll famish all the gods of the earth, far greater than what he did in Egypt. To the point where they say, well, they will not even remember and say, God, 
being blessed that brought up his people out of the land of Egypt. That won't even come into mind because of the great work that he'll do in these last days. But yea, brother, blessed be the Lord God, which brought up his people out of the land of the north, south, east, and west, whether he had driven them. Well, Moses throws down his rod, becomes a serpent. Janice and Jambres throw down their rods. The magicians, the magi, sorcery, magic, and their rods become serpents also. Of course, you know, Moses' rod ate up the two rods of Egypt, the two snakes. That that's not all. Then they go to that second miracle, and we can see that in Exodus, and all these signs were to reveal the name of God Almighty. There's going to be miracle after miracle. First, blood. He turns the water to blood. Moses there turns the water to blood and the waters of Egypt, all of them. But what did the magicians do? It says in Exodus 7, verse 22. And the magicians of Egypt did so with their enchantments. And Pharaoh's heart was hardened. So they turned water into blood too. Then we're going to bring forth frogs. Now, it is noteworthy that John sees the three spirits there in the Trinity in Revelation 16, 13, and calls them frogs because that's all the glory they can do. They match the glory with a serpent. The rod turns into a snake. Janice and Jambres, their magicians, do the same. Water in all the waters of Egypt and the rivers of Egypt turned into blood. Magicians do the same. Then we go to the frogs. And in Exodus 8, Moses said, uh, I will smite all the borders with frogs and cause frogs to come up upon the land of Egypt. Notice, Aaron stretched out his hand over the waters of Egypt and the frogs came up and covered the land of Egypt. The frogs will cover the land in the last days. Understand, the frogs will cover the land in the last days. It cycles. That's the reason Moses is upon the Mount of Transfiguration. Not just with Jesus, but Moses and Elijah appears there also. Because everything that Jesus did, the body of Christ will do in the last days. Revelation 11, power unto his two servants, his two witnesses. The two witnesses are, one, the Spirit of God, two, the body of Christ. And they will prophesy 42 months, time, times a half, three and a half years, 1,203 score days. They will do the redemption miracles of Jesus. But they will also have power to turn the water to blood as often as they will and to smite with earth, the earth with plagues as often as they will. Judgment miracles, signs 
that follow the true word of God. And these signs are judgments. These are judgment miracles that Moses did, that the body of Christ will do to famish all the gods of this earth as Moses did with famishing all the gods of Egypt. But it's noteworthy that that third miracle, first it was serpents, then water to blood, and the magicians did the same thing. Their rots became serpents. The waters, they smote their waters with blood also. Then the third frogs, and it says in Exodus 8, verse 7, and the magicians did so with their enchantments and brought up frogs from the land of Egypt. They did the same thing. But that's where it stops. Because then we see going to the lice. And the Lord said unto Moses, saying to Aaron, stretch out the rod and smite the dust of the land that it may become lice throughout all the land of Egypt. And they did so. There was lice in men, in beasts, and all the dust of the land became lice throughout the land of Egypt. The magicians did so with their enchantments to bring forth lice, but they could not. They could do the frogs, but that's where the miracles stopped. Noteworthy because in Revelation 16, 13, these three unclean spirits like frogs, which had power to do miracles also. But it's not. It's not God. It's after other gods because we have left off to give Jesus the glory of the Father, that he is the Lord to the glory of the Father. He didn't go to the glory of the Son. He went to the glory of the Father. He sat down with the Father in his throne, Revelation 3.21. We got him standing at the right hand of it. That's where we are, made to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. What he wrought to us were, Ephesians 1, when he set him at his own right hand in heavenly places. That's for the body of Christ. Where did you go, Jesus? Well, he said, those that overcome, I'll grant to sit with me in my throne. Right hand of God, S-I-T, set in position. Even as I overcame, where did you go, Jesus? Even as I overcame and am set, S-E-T, a forever settled state of glory, always has been, always will be, set down with my Father in his throne, not beside it, not around it, in it. All power in heaven and earth given to him, the man Christ Jesus, who has made a quickening spirit now, 1 Corinthians 15, 45. That's the true God and eternal life, which we've left that foundational truth of Christ, that he is God, he is the rock, and that's the foundation of the church which we have moved. And consequently, the magicians will try to do the same miracles that God does, confirming his word with signs, miracles, dives, wonders, and gifts of the Holy Ghost, and they will not be able to do it. Because all they can do is to the frogs. Revelation 16, 13, he saw three unclean spirits like frogs. John saw it. He nailed it. He gave it to us. These are the spirits of devils working miracles, spirits of devils, because you didn't give Jesus the Holy One, which is the greatest commandment of all. Mark 12, 29, 
What's the first commandment of all? Greatest commandment, the dominant commandment. Jesus said here, O Israel, Mark 12, 29. Here, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. But that makes people that are in a Trinity doctrine angered. It hits their very spirit and their soul becomes angry and the mind becomes uh, uh, angered. Why? Because it's the truth. The Trinity is a lie. And when you reprove a world, the world will hate you. But you reprove a wise man, he'll love you for it. So God will do a work in the last days to separate those and pull those out of Babylon that want to come. And the ones that have been seduced by these seducing spirits and doctrines of devils will stay seduced. Let the wicked be wicked still. Let the righteous be righteous still. What's the righteous? Well, those are the ones that have grace that reigns through righteousness. Righteousness is the revelation of Jesus because grace comes at the revelation of Jesus Christ. That's what Paul said in Galatians. He told the church at Galatia, this grace given to me, he received it not of man, but at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Not from Jesus Christ, revelation of Jesus. Because grace is the person in revelation of Jesus. We find in 1 Peter uh, 1 that it says grace that comes to us at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Grace is and reigns through righteousness. What is righteousness? Did Jesus came from the Father, manifest in the world, the Father revealed, died, buried, rose again, went back to the glory of the Father. That is righteousness. That is holiness. There's a mystery there. That in him, there in him dwelleth all wisdom and knowledge are hid in Christ Jesus. But in, in this righteousness in the last days, John 16, God said, uh, the Lord Jesus said, I will no more speak in Proverbs. I'm not going to hide anything from you. I'm going to show you plainly of the Father. The only one that knows all things in the day of his coming is the Father. But the disciples, when they understood that Jesus said, in that day you will ask in my name, and I'll say not that I'll pray the Father for you, because he's glorified with the Father's own self. He is the Father revealed. He's gone back to his former glory. And he said, because the Father's given, all his given is given unto me. And the disciples said, we believe that you proceeded from the Father, that you are that spirit that came into the world, the same spirit. You were manifest in flesh. You died, buried, and was rose again. And you went back to your former glorious spirit, made a quickening spirit now where you can redeem all mankind because you fulfilled the laws of man, broke down the middle wall of partition, and took mankind back to yourself in your own body of flesh and blood. You have the right. You are that holy, blameless Lamb of God. You have a right to open the seals of the book. And at that point, we find that uh, Jesus stated there, I'm not speaking to you anymore, anymore in Proverbs. I'm going to show you plainly of the Father. You won't miss it. The disciples said, "We now we know you came from God. You go back to him, not around him. We understand it. And now we know that you know all things. You know it all. 
you are the Father revealed. But in the last days, righteousness is that Jesus is the Father. He made himself of no reputation to become a man. Died, buried, rose again, and went back, glorified with the Father's own self, John 17, 5. Sat down with the Father in his throne. Revelation 3, 21. All power in heaven and earth given to the man, Christ Jesus. Matthew 28, 18. That same Jesus whom you crucified, let all the house of Israel know assuredly. That same Jesus whom you crucified, God hath made him both Lord, Jehovah God Almighty, and Christ, the Holy Ghost. 1 Timothy 6, 15 and 16. That Jesus Christ, the blessed and only potentate, He's the omnipotent, almighty God, omniscient, omnipresent, who only hath immortality, dwelling in the light which no man can approach it to, nor see, nor can see. He is the Alpha and Omega, the beginning, the end. He is, which is, was, and is come, the Almighty, Revelation 1.8. That's the whole revelation of Jesus in the last days, that he's God, the everlasting Father, the mighty God, Isaiah 9.6. Paul warns, he said, now I want you to understand that those that had pleasure in this unrighteousness, righteousness is grace. Grace reigns through righteousness. That's Romans 5. And the ones that understand it will go on into the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ, being sealed with in their forehead the mind of Christ, which is Jehovah Tedishkinu, uh, the Lord our righteousness, holiness unto the Lord. It's the mind of Christ. It's a final sealing in Revelation 7. But the ones that don't, they had pleasure in unrighteousness. Talking about the Father and God the Son, there's no God the Son, Son of God. Son of God has a beginning. He said so. My Father is greater than I. The things concerning me have an end, Jesus said. Speaking about the days of his flesh. But there is no end to God. And Jesus said, you've seen the Father? You've seen me, you've seen the Father. He said so. John 10, 30, I and my Father are one. John 8, 24, Jesus said, except you believe that I am he, the Father. When he asked, where's your Father? He said, except you believe that I am he, you shall die in your sins. John 8, 24. This they understood not. He spake to them of the Father. They still don't understand it today. But the ones that do and God's dealing with, they'll come into the truth unto righteousness. And that grace will be received. Paul says, if you don't, and you have pleasure in this unrighteousness, this, this unrighteousness, which is not grace, but a false grace, a mistaken identity, a false gospel that came out of 325 AD in the Council of Nicene, the Nicene Creed, in the Council of Nicaea stating a Trinity doctrine in an ecumenical council, which was a lie. 451 A.D., Chalcedonian definition of the God-man, which is another lie. The Chalcedonian definition states that the Son of God, according to his Godhead, uh, was begotten of the Father before the foundation of the world. That's a lie. There's nowhere the Spirit Father begat Spirit Junior in heaven. That is it's ludicrous. It's a total lie. They stabbed at it. They had no idea. Why? Because the path of the just is as a shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. We, are, we have come way greater into depth in the revelation of Jesus than they had. 
and the Lord, the closer we come to the coming of the Lord, the greater the light is in the revealing of Jesus Christ. And the greater the grace is. We're growing in grace. And in the knowledge of the Lord saves Jesus. Why? Because the grace comes to, comes to us at the revelation of Jesus. He says, God said, uh, and Paul talked to the church at Thessalonica. He said, many will come in my name saying I'm Christ and shall deceive many with these sorceries. We see Bar Jesus. We see Elimus in the book of Acts. We see uh, he's called a wise one, a magi. And he deceived the people by, by those miracles that he did through sorcery. Working the same thing as the magicians did in Egypt. You're dealing into the soul realm there, not, the, not, not in the spirit of God. We're dealing into things uh, there in the spirit world that does not give glory to God. Familiar spirits. They know you. They can prophesy to you. It's familiar spirits. And they will not give Jesus the glory of the Father. You'll notice that Mr. Babylon can never wear the blue. Purple and scarlet, yes. But she can't wear the blue. Why? Because she will never confess that Jesus Christ is the Father. She can't wear the blue. The blue ribbon is what holds uh, there the gold mitre in the headdress, holding us until the Lord upon the forehead, in the forehead of the high priest, which is the last day sealing of those that are called for the priesthood of Jesus, kings and priests of the Lord our God. The final sealing in the forehead, Revelation 7, know that we had and they are to hear what God will do in these last days. And he says that this devil's coming and he's coming that he's going to come against all that is called God or that is worship so that he as God setteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. He'll forecast his devices and prosper. He's a prophet. False one, but he's a prophet. He will take the kingdoms by peace. Jesus said, you think I come to send peace, but rather a sword, said a man at variance. The father against the son, mother against the daughters, mother-in-law against their daughter-in-law. A man's enemies will be those of his own household. A prophet's not without honor, save around his own house, around his own kin. There will be a great battle in the last days with pearls of brethren. They, in John 16, Jesus, talking about the righteousness of God, said, I forewarned you, you should not be offended. Yeah, the time comes, they're going to deliver you up by the synagogues and now the churches. Catching your name out for evil. Yea, the time cometh that whosoever kills you, are going to think they did God a service. This they will do because they have not known the Father, nor me, because if they'd known Jesus, they'd have known the Father. They'd known he that he is the Father. Jesus stated, you're from beneath, I'm from above. You're of this world, I'm not of this world. Still, they didn't get it. And he stated that in John 8, 24, except you believe that I am, I am he, the Father. You shall die in your sins. Well, Paul said in the second chapter of 2 Thessalonians 2, in that second chapter, he said that this is the, that wicked one will be revealed, a capital W, a wicked, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and the brightness of his coming. 
even him who's coming, is after the working of Satan. With what? With all power and signs and lying wonders. There will be things in the last days calling fire down from heaven. They will claim to do the things that Jesus did. They will claim in Deuteronomy 13. Matter of fact, uh, we will take a look at that. And he says, and we're warned about that, that in the last days, if there arise among you a prophet or a dreamer of dreams, and we know there's plenty of those around, many prophets, many apostles, you don't believe it, uh, just ask them and they'll tell you they have a card with their name written on it. And they give you a sign or they give you a wonder. And the sign or the wonder, either one, comes to pass. Whereof he spake unto you, saying, let us go after other gods, saying, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. These three unclean spirits like fogs, which were magi, which did the same thing with the uh, Moses and Aaron in Egypt, doing the same thing they did for the first three, serpent, water to blood, and then the frogs. But they stop at frogs. Why? Because they can't go any higher. And they will do that in the last days. A sign of wonder comes to pass. Thing, let us go after these frogs, these three unclean spirits like frogs, spirits of devils working miracles. They're seducing spirits to pull you away from the true God and eternal life, Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, the everlasting God, the Father of glory. From such turn away. And it says there, if it does, why will the Lord allow this? Notice that he gave he gave gifts not only to, to Isaac, but also to Ishmael as well. And we find that just because there is a miracle there does not mean it's the truth. God always confirms his word with signs, miracles, and diving, divers' wonders and gifts of the Holy Ghost. Yes, he does. But the devil will seek to subvert their faith with miracles, but they will be lying wonders, lying wonders, saying, let us go after other gods. And that's how you know. How do you try the spirits? Any spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. Jesus Christ is the Father of glory. He is that spirit. He is the Christ. He is the Holy Ghost. It's come in the flesh. Present in perfect tense, he's still coming in the body of Christ. And the tabernacle of David still being built into the fullness of the Gentiles be come in. That's happening right now. But why does God allow this? Well, if he speaks to you and shows you a sign or a wonder, and it comes to pass. Saying, let us go after other gods. He didn't give Jesus the glory of the Father, that he's the only true God in eternal life. There's three of them up there. 
Three unclean spirits like frogs come out of the mouth of the dragon, the beast, the false prophet. Three different persons' personality. There's only one spirit. One body, one spirit, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. One God who's above all, Father of us all, and in us all. That's the Father, Jesus. They're saying no. He's second person to God. He's not God. But he's a part of God. Well, you didn't give him the glory of the Father. And every knee's going to bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord, Jehovah God Almighty, to the glory of the Father. There's only one. Saying they did the miracle. They did the wonder. They did the sign. It come to pass. And they said, let us go after other gods. I, I, I don't believe that Jesus is the Father of glory. I believe in a trinity. Well, then what, what does God say? He says, these gods which you have not known, it says, thou shalt not hearken unto the words of that prophet. Don't hearken to anything he says. Why? Or that dreamer of dreams. He dreamed a dream. Have people call me that they're the, they're the holy of the land. They've got a, you know, they're going to lead with me uh, to the nations or whatever. We save your time. We follow the Lord Jesus Christ and him alone. One God Almighty, Jesus Christ, the Father of glory. We will not have anything to do with anybody else. Well, why? For the Lord, your God, proves you to know whether you love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. He's trying you to see if you'll believe these so-called prophets. I knew a dear lady, a prophetess in her own right in Dallas, Texas, many years ago, and had some wonderful meetings there. And even after midnight and the Holy Ghost moving, but a prophet came to her door one day and said, Thus saith the Lord, God's going to give you a church, a building. She didn't have a building then. You're going to be on TV, and you're going to have a gold Cadillac. <laughs> And guess what? She believed it. She didn't ask about it. And she went from a one God revelation into a trinity. She winded up on TV. She winded up with a gold Cadillac. But she lost. The time that she had with God, she lost. The last time I saw her, she said, Brother Beard, pray for me. Certainly we will. But we must be careful. We must be circumspect. We must be diligent about the Lord our God. We must serve him, not them, him and him alone. For he is God. He is the Holy Ghost. He is the Father of glory. Jesus Christ is the only true God in eternal life, and there's not another. But in the last days, there'll be those that claim to walk on water. There'll be those that claim to fly in the air, levitate off the ground, just like when you've been to other nations. And you see the witchcraft. And they're able to make chairs levitate off the ground. They can literally levitate themselves up into a tree. And all of these so-called signs, miracles. When the last days, this beast will have power to call down fire in the sight of the beast. That they that deadly image and did live. 
have power to call fire down from heaven. I don't care if they call fire down from heaven a hundred times. If they don't know that Jesus Christ, the only true God in eternal life, that man is God, the father of glory. Then they are after other gods. They are of the spirit of those frogs, just like in the magicians of Egypt. And they will. Their only purpose is to seduce you. Don't believe it. Don't go after signs. They'll prophesy from here until the Lord comes. We've had enough prophecy there from uh, Trinity saying that we'll take the whole with them and followed us in the hour. Men of God called for the work of them, et cetera, et cetera. Fine. But we will not join hands with you. We pray for you. We love you. We praise God, but that he is God and him alone. We do not bid them Godspeed. Those that do not abide in the doctrine of Christ, and you bid them Godspeed. And let them come into your house. In other words, confirming that doctrine that they have for whatever reason, for money, for gain, for profit, whatever. You are partaker of their evil deeds. So you that are one God, and you've had the revelation, hold on to that precious faith which God has given you. And don't be deceived with seducing spirits, doctrines of devils, and most of the time saying peace and shall destroy many and making uh, what? Money, the love of money, the root of all evil. If you'll sell out for money, you might as well forget it. God has called the poor of this world rich in faith. And if the riches increase, don't set your heart upon them. In the last days, that's what the Antichrist will do. He'll divide among them the spoil and the prey, forecasting his, his devices and prosper. They'll think, who can make war with him? Well, notice what Paul said. They had pleasure in this unrighteousness. They didn't have the pleasure in the true God and eternal life, but they had pleasure in unrighteousness. And I'm reading. In 2 Thessalonians, the second chapter, verse 10. And this is Satan with all power, signs, and lying wonders, verse 9. This is Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders, saying, let us go after other gods, not giving Jesus the glory of the Father. And verse 10, and with all deceivableness, not just some deceivableness, all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish. Well, grace reigns through righteousness. What's this? This is unrighteousness. You're not giving Jesus the true glory that he is and his essence of revelation of Jesus, which is the grace that will come unto us, dealt to us, that reigns through righteousness. Righteousness exalts a nation. Sin is a reproach to any people. Here we have Paul telling us, all the ones that do not follow the true gospel, the true Jesus, the real Jesus, the only Jesus, the only true God in eternal life, the Son of God who is the Father revealed, that because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this cause, because of unrighteousness, and grace reigns through righteousness because they didn't want that, that grace that comes to us at the revelation of Jesus. And for this cause, they didn't like to receive that. 
God shall send them strong delusion. If you take the truth and dilute it with your own will, your own doctrine, you've diluted the truth. The tradition of the elders have made the word of God the none effect. It has no power whatsoever. It's diluted. You've taken the power of God and diluted it with your own will, with your own ideology, with your own faith, faith system, faith belief. And God said that he himself would send the strong delusion because you didn't give him the glory. That they should believe a lie. Well, certainly everybody's going to heaven, even though, so we missed it. We're still following Jesus. No, many will come in my name, Jesus, and shall deceive many. God states it right here. Paul speaking to the church at Thessalonica that they all might be damned. That's verse 12, that they all might be damned who, who believed not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. What is that? That Jesus is not the Father. That's John 16. He reproves the world of righteousness because Jesus said, I go to my Father. I came from him. I go back to him. He is that Father revealed in the earth. But because they didn't believe it and they had pleasure in it. God said you'll be damned. Oh, my. Well, they, we call on the name of Jesus. We, we believe he was the Son of God. You didn't believe in the name of the Son of God. The Son of God's name is Jesus. Jehovah is salvation, not Jehovah Jr. Not second person that God hit. God himself, Jehovah, is salvation. That's his very name. We believe in the name of the Son of God. For the Son of God is the Father revealed, Jehovah. The Tetragrammaton, Yahweh, Yeshua, the Homoshiach. He is that God. And any other ground is sinking sand because it's not upon the rock. The rock is the true revelation of Christ. If this has struck a chord with you and the Holy Ghost bears witness with your spirit, then give us a call. We'd like to be one with you and work in the ministry together with you, knowing them that labor among us. You can give me a call. If you will, leave a message on the phone. I'll get right back to you. My country code is one plus area code 903-746-4885. Leave a message. I'll get right back to you. Or write to me, Dennis Beard, post office box 2906, Longview, Texas, zip code 75606. Or you can drop us a message or ask a question. Either way, on our websites, sealinggodspeople.org, sealinggodspeople.com, or dennisbeard.org. Well, until the next time, we want to thank you for your prayerful support and your generous offerings, whereby we're able to keep the podcast coming to you over these sites. Until the next time, this is Brother Dennis Beard saying, Behold, the real Jesus.